Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw on Feral Audio. I am your host. I am still Joseph Scrimshaw. Have you ever wanted to hear a deeply affecting, realistic tale of a werewolf falling in love in modern-day Detroit? Well, you are in luck, my friends. This week's episode features that and so much more as we discuss and debate young adult novels with fans and authors Amy Spaulding and Kayla Kagan. As always, you'll also hear our co-producer Sarah Meyer interviewing random human beings around Los Angeles and seeing how they feel about young adult novels. Are they better with vampires? Should the vampires be having sex all the time, or should the vampires just be worried about their calculus homework? Are they like me? Is the thought of doing calculus in high school more stressful than the thought of being attacked by a vampire? We will find out. But before we dive deep into the young adult world of wizards and clearasil, it's time to answer a listener-submitted question about their personal obsession. I throw out requests for obsessions on my Facebook and Twitter, so if you have an obsession that you would like addressed by me, follow me on all the social media as at Joseph Scrimshaw. This week, my Facebook friend Justin Turner says, I'm obsessed with pirates. Does this mean I have a thing for bad boys? Now that is an intriguing question, Justin. I think the answer is yes and no. In order to be super into pirates, you must be super into things that are both very cool and a little upsetting. I mean, you get to be into swords, but you also have to be into white people having dreadlocks. You get to be into a diet comprised entirely of limes and rum, but you have to suck your limes and rum through a straw since both of your hands have probably been cut off. You get to be into the romance of the endless possibilities provided by a life on the open seas, but also frilly shirts in untreated syphilis. So yes, pirates are bad boys, but in pop culture, the treasure they're almost always in search of is their own hidden heart of gold. Yes, they scour the seas for booty, but in the end, they discover... The booty was inside themselves all along. So sure, pirates are bad boys, but only up to a point. Pirates are like oldie-time podcasters. Go with me on this. Pirates rejected traditional sources of income and set sail on the high seas. Podcasters reject traditional forms of audio broadcasting and launch themselves into the turbulent waves of the worldwide internet. Pirates are famous for starting every sentence with the sound R, whereas podcasters spend hours editing this sound from the beginning of their sentences. Ah! Pirates got their eyes shot out with old muskets. Podcasters get their feelings hurt by one-star reviews on iTunes. It is almost exactly the same thing. So I guess the real question is, are podcasters bad boys? And I think the answer is yes. So, Justin, I think not only are you into bad boys, but it's because you're secretly obsessed with podcasters. Anyway, thanks for the question, Justin. I hope that helped. Although, if it didn't, I don't care, because I'm a bad boy podcaster. And speaking of not caring, here's the part of the podcast that people often don't care about. The plugs. This very podcast, Obsessed, is made possible by your kind support on Patreon. If you'd like to help the podcast keep growing and coming out every week, you can sign up by visiting patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. Plus, you will also get access to our patron-only bonus episodes for as little as a buck a month. Our most recent bonus episode is a review of the movie Batman v Superman with me and my wife, Sarah Scrimshaw. Spoiler, we liked Wonder Woman. 
Shows. I do shows. I've always got a lot of different stand-up shows popping up here in Los Angeles. Other things coming up in the next few months include more performances of Hal Lublin and I's new comedy game show, Headcanon. I'll also be in San Francisco at Doc's Lab in June, and I'll be a guest of honor at Convergence in Minnesota in July. For more details on all my shows, be sure to check out josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows. But now, sit back, relax, ask God if he's there, and tell him it's you, Margaret, because it's time to enjoy Amy Spaulding and Kayla Kagan's obsession with young adult novels. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with two, count them, two awesome people, Kayla Kagan and Amy Spaulding. Hello. Hello. Thank you guys so much for coming and doing this. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We're happy to be here, separately <laughs> and together. Yeah, I concur. You guys are friends in real life. That will become it's apparent true. to audiences very quickly or, that you guys know. Oh, were we supposed to hide that? No. We've <laughs> no. just met and she seems like a lovely person. Well, that's nice. And you're both good at role playing, apparently. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that's a little thing we do it's off. The foundation also. of our friendship. <laughs> How long have you guys known each other? Years now? Yeah, like uh, five years ish. Yeah, about 2010 or 11, I guess we met. Yeah, and it's that 2016 right. now, so. I don't know if this is going to air in 2017 or 2018. <laughs> I'm going to so. shove this for about how, how two often years. How you backlog these? <laughs> well, I know exactly when this one is going to come out because part of the reason we're doing this is that is your book oh, coming out. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Do you want to – I'll offer you to plug it again, but do you want to do two plugs in yeah, one podcast? Yeah, I love it. plugging plug it. it. Plug it. Uh, this is Amy Spaulding, my new young adult novel, The New Guy and Other Senior Year Distractions, comes out on April 5th, which is about uh, not just dating a former boy band member, but – the battle between old and new media, because that's what teens are into, I think. The battle between old and new <laughs> yeah, media? Yeah, they're like, oh, God, what's going to happen to newspapers? <laughs> I think that's top of mind for any 15-year-old. It keeps them up at night, right? Yeah, so. That's the I first re- 300 pages, right? Yeah, it's just nothing but, you know, editors and journalists, and, you know, it's a lot like spotlights, <laughs> but. Really gritty. Just some cigar-chomping 15-year-old. Damn it, I need my newspapers. <laughs> But yeah, it'll be anywhere books are sold starting April 5th. So look for that, guys. Awesome. Awesome. And you guys have both been on the podcast before. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this mostly for listeners who want to go back and, and hear your other adventures. Kayla, we talked about Grease 2 That's right. a while back. Your obsession with Grease 2. We can We can. Excellent. And Amy, you and I talked about the band Roxette. Yes. <laughs> My favorite Swedish pop duo. We're awesome. In case people were starting to get an idea that we were really cool, I think we've cemented it. Yeah, we did it. And then Amy, you have this book coming out and you were looking for stuff to do and I want to have more people that I really like back on the podcast. So I thought this would be awesome. And actually my wife Sarah suggested, oh, you should talk about young adult novels with Amy and Kayla because you guys are both fans and authors. She's smart. My wife is smart. Yeah, Sarah's awesome. Um, yeah, it was really nice. I was excited that you asked us on. Yeah, and I really, um, I really liked doing this podcast. And I was like, oh no, I did it. Now I can never do it again. So bye. I was like, yeah, I can do it again. I got excited when um, Brock did the yoga one because I was like, oh yeah, yoga. Well, I could hear this like 20 hours. And then I got really excited and I was like, I wish I got to do the yoga one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's delightful being back. So you guys are both fans and both authors. Amy, you have many books out. In three and almost four. Three and almost. So new guy is the fourth guy. Fourth book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the fourth book and the fourth guy. The fourth guy. Nice. And Kayla, you have a, a big old fancy awesome book deal and a book coming out soon, right? Um, It's coming out next spring, 2017, and I don't know the exact date. But, okay. Um, Yeah, that will be out then, and I'm really excited. How much can you say about the book? Are, are you under kind of an um, embargo about not talking about the content? or No, I can talk a 
little bit about the the plot. There are some things that I kind of can't talk about yet. Right. But um, basically, it, it's a young adult book, which I'm really excited now that after reading them for so long and reading middle grade for so long that I get to write a story too and have it out there. Um, but it's uh, about a, a young girl and her two best friends who make a pact to go to college in New York together. And one of them drops out uh, and pulls his application. One of them doesn't get in and one of them can't afford to go, but ends up maybe getting there somehow in another way. Um, so, um, vampires. And, and vampires. I mean, I don't know. They seem to be popular. So I threw them in. Um, there, it, there's a kind of twist with it. And there's some, a lot of art. They're all art students and art cool. kids. And, cool. Um, yeah. So it'll be out in spring and I'll have more details later on. And did you say the title and I missed it? Or um, it's did... going to be Piper Parish. Piper Parish. Awesome. So I want to talk to you a little bit, guys, first as fans, uh, starting with you, Amy. What got you hooked as a fan of somebody who just, not necessarily writing them, but wants to read young adult? Well, when I moved to Los Angeles, we have such a great public library system here, which is not what I had in Missouri. Sorry, part of Missouri I'm from. Your library <laughs> system isn't as good. <laughs> Sick burn from Amy Spalding on library Bam, systems. Did it. Just leaving now. That's all I wanted to say. Drop <laughs> the microphone, literally. Yes. So when I moved out here and had access to libraries that had such a selection and also like I just moved here so I didn't this is gonna be sad but it worked out fine like I didn't have a ton of friends yet and I wasn't going out a lot and I was working an assistant job and like not making the kind of money where I even could go out a lot so the library was like my best friend and so I posted online back in those days uh it was live journal I took two to get suggestions and said you know hey guys I have really great access to a library could people make book suggestions and I'd also just graduated college and I don't know about you guys but you just don't read that much for fun college like you're just trying to get through your coursework Mm -hmm. and so I felt kind of out of the world of books and so people started listing suggestions and I just wrote them all down and went to the library and I was looking things up and I noticed a bunch of things people had suggested were in the young adult section and like my memory of the young adult section was like what it was like when we were growing up which was like Sweet Valley High and then like some books that like you know won awards that were like Look what happens when you drink and drive. Okay, so <laughs> it was you thought that those <laughs> it was a great book, a really concise title. So, you, so your perception of young adult novels at the time was either that they were like sugary sweet bullshit, like dating stuff without like the interesting subtext of new versus old media, <laughs> exactly. like you're creating, or else just warnings. Right, right. It was very like very special episodes, or uh, <laughs> or yeah, just like pure fluff. And not that I have any like I love fluff, and I think it's. Uh, not celebrated enough because I think a lot of times like escapism has a purpose and blah blah but that's really all I thought was there and I really thought of it as things for people of that age group and like even you're reading up so I'm thinking like that's for 12 and 13 year olds it's not for me and so all these people giving me this these suggestions at first I was kind of like oh like maybe maybe they're just confused or like weird (laughs) <laughs> but I kept thinking, like, no, these are your friends. Yeah. And from Live Journal. They like, know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, you can trust Live Journalers. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to walk into this section and get these books. And probably people think I'm creepy and think I'm like being weird around children, but it's fine. <laughs> and so, like, was walk. I was like sneaking around, like, trying to like take books out without like people being like, look at that adult. She's clearly 28 years old. Like, what did I think was going to happen? I like that you think there's like a troll of the library who's like, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> so I so I checked some out and I went home and read them and I was like, what? These are great. This is nothing 
like what I remember YA. There's so many more, you know, kind of genres within it. And I don't know if we're getting into specifics yet, but one of the books I took out was The Princess Diaries, which I only kind of knew of as like an Anne Hathaway movie. Yeah. And the first Princess Diaries book, I mean, the whole series I love, but that first one was just like so fun and immediate and really feminist and still like boy crazy and goofy. And it was mind blowing to me. I was like, oh, like this is so much more of like who I am for something to be like really kind of fun and nuts and also still have like a feminist message, but still have like cute boys to kiss. Yeah. So and, there's plenty there for adults. It's just kind of set in this in this time period where it might be like informative to people growing up. Exactly. I mean, the, the quality I felt was better than so much of what I was reading. And also, again, just the, the variety of what was available. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Kayla? What got you hooked? Did you like them when you were a kid or was it all fluff and death to you too? <laughs> <laughs> fluff and death. Um, that's a great memoir name. Um, no, I it, it was I was always an active reader as a kid, and um, I would kind of read anything. I love choose your own adventure books. Yeah, actually. I was a big fan of those. Um, but I definitely like Sweet Valley High. I read tons of Judy Bloom and Beverly Cleary, mm. who is turning a hundred like this week, by the way. I was a big fan of them, and I didn't even actually ever think I could write stories. I thought, oh, I could tell stories, but. I didn't think about writing a novel. My interest was more in playwriting, but what I kept reading were playwrights whose young characters I liked. Like, Chekhov writes a lot of old characters, but The Seagull, it's all about young adults. Tennessee Williams writes Tom in The Glass Menagerie. It's a a younger adult. And so I found myself thinking, um, like, I I want to write plays with the people I care about, and they all happen to be young and and, and starting off that way, I basically wrote young character plays and still do all the time. Okay. But um, it started transitioning more for me um, when I was living in New York and I had a friend who worked in publishing, still does, but now she does picture books. But at the time she was doing fiction and she recommended um, Looking for Alaska, which is by John Green. That got me back into reading all kinds of young adult books. Like, I read that one, and I I was kind of in that surprise level. I was uh, probably, I guess, late 20s or early 30s. Okay. And I, when I read that, I was like, oh, I didn't realize young adult books had a little more to them now. Or what I thought they should have as, oh, as right. an adult. Because when I was a kid, I don't think I was going to read Looking for Alaska at 10 years old. It's you know? not an exciting title for a um, kid. No, and um, it's a heavy story, right? I mean, it's... it's Yeah, it's, it's a heavy it's story, a, and there's a decent amount about blowjobs yeah. in it, too. So. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's why I liked it. What is Looking for Alaska about? Because otherwise, I'm just going to think Looking for Alaska is some sort of euphemism for trying for to find blowjobs. a blowjob. <laughs> um, I mean, now it can be, but um, no, it's about a young guy who um, has a girlfriend name alaska and she disappears okay and um but and she's he, she's he. kind of this wild one and he's very much contained and, and plays by the rules kind of thing and then um she like makes his and his friend's life kind of explode and open up and he kind of like a sexual awakening like okay. this girl's everything and then she goes and then the second half of the book is discovering what that is to have someone missing from your life and I really, I was, I liked it. And it made me open up into reading all kinds of authors I didn't know about. There was a book right around the same time that I read called Fix by Leslie Margolis, I think is okay. the last name. And it's about um, cosmetic surgery and young girls who want to get nose jobs and stuff. 
But it was it's funny and it's dark and it's really honest too. It's honest, right? It's not yeah. a warning. It's not like back in the day of like don't get a nose job, you'll die. No, it was just kind of this girl exploring what she didn't didn't like about herself. And I was like, again, maybe when I was sixteen, I would have liked reading that, but I didn't. I kind didn't of know. Didn't know, and I had faded into reading other things. And... So, do you think young adult uh, novels went from telling teenagers how they should behave to just reflecting their life and letting them ask questions? I don't know. Like, I think about Judy Bloom a lot. Probably right. more than I should. But I think about <laughs> Judy Bloom a lot. And one of the things she did as a writer, as a female writer, uh, writing um, characters and creating stories that she did, she very much created real teenage girls' experiences without okay. dictating, this is how you take care of your body. This is what you do with a boy. This is what you don't do with another girl. Like, she, she very much broke open the rules and... I don't even think she was considered subversive, but she certainly was writing characters in a way that allowed them to not be judged as much. And okay. it always gave them at least one caring adult role model who would say, like, that's okay that you are the way you are. Okay. So I don't know if it necessarily exploded into this new area where it was suddenly okay to talk about taboo things. I think it was getting there anyway, but there's just more people doing it now. Yeah. And it's more prolific. And because it, it is now seen as a, a money maker, like a it's right it's, now it's, it's big it's, fucking right. business. Amy right? can probably talk to it more. No, you see, I mean, you see that a lot now, mm-hmm. where especially when the economy was not doing great, young adult was one like the one section of the bookstore that was just growing and growing, mm-hmm. and it seemed like despite what would happen with anything else, young adult was growing, and so there were a lot of author, authors of other genres were like, oh, I'm interested in young adult now, <laughs> and some of them I think genuinely were yeah. maybe someone like me who I wrote all the time and like Kayla. All the books I try to write, like, were centered around some sort of, like, teenager or a coming-of-age story, and I just didn't know I was writing young at all. And okay. when I figured that yeah. out, I was like, oh, there's a whole genre where people are doing the thing I want to do? Yeah. Ooh, that's great. You know, if you right. know that that's an option to write, it you would maybe write it. But at this yeah. point, if if some super powerful being came down from on high and wiped away the idea of a young adult novel and said, that's not even going to be in bookstores anymore, that's mm-hmm. what you guys would just write because that's just what you want to write. You want to write stories about those formative young times. I mean, I want to, but I also think when I write, my my writing voice is just sort of naturally like a 16 or 17-year-old girl. And that's not to say I'll never write anything else. That's not to say I wouldn't try to like write from different points of view. But yeah. it's really where I feel really comfortable. And it feels like a gift to be like, oh, you automatically write in a, again, in, in your weird scenario, this wouldn't be an existing <laughs> genre. Well, luckily but. in the world in which I live, it is an existing genre. So once I sort of figure that out, it's it's been nice to feel like, oh, there's a home for me. Yeah. There's something that I do naturally that... That exists. Yeah. And how about you, Kayla? You feel like you. Um, this is just what you want to write. It's kind of what you were saying before, yeah, right? You just naturally came to it. I kept coming to it, but I, I, again, I didn't know necessarily that I was ever going to write a novel. I'm glad I figured out how to do it. Um, but I, I knew I'd write plays, and every time I'd write younger characters, or even in their 20s, which I still consider actually a young adult, mm-hmm. even though it's considered marketing-wise new adult, because um, I still think some 20-year-olds act like teens and vice versa. <laughs> um, I, I like the exploration they do there. I like the risk they do there. I wrote a play once. It was like a geriatric sex um, 
romp like, romp in South Africa because I you know <laughs> I know a lot about that. Um, that and, sentence went and so many places yeah. I wasn't expecting. Right, what oh, you know? No, it w- it starts off as like a whole Golden Girls on like a sex resort vacation thing, and it was horrible. It's a play too, so that so some people had to do this. Well, and I was like, I'm writing for older actresses. Look at me go. Like yeah. I am caring about those who are not represented. And guess what? It's horrible. It's the worst thing I've ever written. Um, <laughs> I've tried to have like stage readings of it, and I can't bring myself to do it because it's so bad. So is this your like traumatic origin story as a young adult author? You're like, uh, I'm going to go to the other end oh, of the no, age I spectrum. Been one of those, but no, it, no, it literally was like my lesson of I don't have that voice. Okay, like I can I can enjoy watching something like that. Somebody else can make it, and it will be fantastic. It's not my voice. You don't it's have okay. the old people having sex. No, and in a also, different continent. And they were British going to South Africa. So I was consulting all my British friends, which I have a fair amount of at this point. And they were all like, yeah, I mean, you're using the words, but you don't have to. Limey, let's look for Alaska together. Oh, that that right there could be its own um, (laughs) act in my show because it was so bad. But um, yeah, so, so I just found myself drawn more every time I was writing. Um, even though I was trying really hard to make characters sound very different from each yeah. other, they all were younger in tone, and their experiences, I think, were more raw and kind of fun. I don't care about middle-aged characters that much. I mean, I care about them as periphery to to, to the young to characters. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't really care. The only thing I know other than that is I, I prefer writing female characters to male, and it's not because I don't want to write male, but I end up every time I write a play. It's filled with like ten women and one man. Then no offense. Um, I'm so, not offended. Yeah, what? So, what about male representation, Gayla? <laughs> you know, now that you think about it, I'll write one for old men. Um, <laughs> Please do. So yeah, I don't, <laughs> it's just what we need. Write a play about old men who play video games and everybody leaves them alone, and I would happily perform that. Oh, one man show. A one man show. Right, <laughs> just play programs. a video game and don't respond to Can't anyone for like ten hours. Oh my. It can be experimental. <laughs> We might win some awards. <laughs> this might go somewhere. Then I might get some peace. How do you guys feel about all of the sort of sci-fi and supernatural that I think a lot of people associate with young adult? Do you, like dystopian? Are you excited to read a book if it's got vampires or wizards in it? Or are you like, ugh, I got to get past the vampires and wizards so I can get to the heart of the matter? Honestly, at this point, there's so many, there's so many books I want to read that I, I am very drawn to contemporary realistic young adult, mm-hmm. which is... If you don't know, just like real life things, you know, no fantasy, no right. sci-fi. There's so much fantasy that we have to have a term for just, there are no zombies in this. Yeah. And, you know, when I started, when I signed with my agent, it was still when Twilight was the number one book. Right. And so people would really kind of be taken aback if you weren't writing mm-hmm. paranormal romance. And that was at the time when that was its own section at Barnes & Noble. And it was the biggest section. And we would get rejections for my book that were literally like, we love this book. We wish we could publish it. But we bought one contemporary realistic book already this year. Wow. I was like, that's Whoa. it. Ain't no more. Yeah. It was yeah. like for the until the next season, they couldn't buy another so one. Crazy. And of course, like, look, if I'd written the best book in the whole world, they could have found room for it. So I'm not, I'm certainly not saying Twilight ruined my chances then. But, <laughs> but it, was a, it was a weird time to be a young adult author trying to get a first book deal. And of course, anytime you talk to people about what you're working on, it's the expectation of what, oh, is it a fantasy? Is it like Twilight? Is it like... The Hunger Games? Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Now I think there are, en- there are enough contemporary books that have hit fairly big that people are starting to say, like, 
oh, like, like Rainbow Rowell writes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, yes, not thank you. As, thank you. No, Rainbow. not as good as her. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm saying like, yes, that is the category. And it's so, it's really exciting to finally feel like, oh, my category is something other people have heard of. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you had to categorize Judy Bloom way back, not to bring it back to her, but she would have been contemporary. She exactly. Wasn't, she wasn't, tri- I mean, there were other people doing that. Yeah. But. What would Judy Bloom be like if they had vampires? If somebody rewrote Judy Bloom's stories. Like blubber with vampires? Yeah. The thing <laughs> is about Judy Bloom. Are, are, you, are you there, God? It's me. <laughs> I'm a vampire. <laughs> I think she would still like make it about like the really mundane embarrassments uh, and awkwardnesses of life. Like I would love to read a Judy Bloom um, vampire. vampire book. Like a Romeo and Juliet. One's like the vampire family and one. Because <laughs> I feel like, she would like still be like, oh, is it embarrassing when you like get blood from a victim like on your new jacket? Like you, I yeah. was like that or period blood. Uh oh. Yeah, I think it would be so great. You can't date a Van Helsing. That's against, <laughs> against the house. vampire rules. Judy Bloom, if you listen to this podcast, we would love you to write that vampire book. We'll read it. We'll now, buy it. Is this more Twilight's fault or Harry Potter? I feel like Harry Potter's what blew uh, the doors off of everything and changed it to there's no stigma like you were talking about. Like there's no stigma for anybody reading a young adult novel I think both of after those Harry books Potter. are really, really important to the success of young adult fiction and middle grade fiction. Those series combined are what got adults yeah. not embarrassed to go into that part of the bookstore. I, I Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, Harry Potter, in a certain way, even though I would say Twilight, I guess, is, goes beyond YA. I mean, there, there's yeah. all kinds of people who will read it. And Harry Potter... It's not just a young a young adult experience. It's family experience. I, I, I feel like, but they bring people maybe who aren't traditional, who don't traditionally pick up a book because they love to read, who got involved with this, who maybe now will start trying other books that are similar. And and maybe they're not contemporary readers and never going to be. That's fine. Yeah. Like, they don't, not everyone has to be that. Um, but I, I, Harry Potter, to me, is like, well, yeah, change the world. And, and Twilight... I feel like even though there's crossover, I do still categorize it in my head. Nothing anyone else should, but I feel like that's still YA and almost chiclet. Like, okay. Yeah, I was going to ask about Twilight because when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, yeah, Harry Potter for sure and Hunger Games for sure. And, it's like, and then I was like, Twilight. And I was like, wait, no, no, that's not right. And then I looked and it's like, oh, yeah, Twilight is considered a young adult. Right. And, and now this is my bias. I haven't read Twilight, uh, mm-hmm. but I've talked to people who have, so I'm an expert. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing, really. <laughs> yeah, really. You, uh, you got the best part. Then. It's a secondhand <laughs> audiobook I've listened yeah. to, basically, of Twilight. So... <laughs> There, there's no question that young adult has adult themes and challenging concepts, but it seems like Twilight has an agenda and a perspective within those adult themes. That it is that what what people have told me on the streets is that it's trying to teach abstinence and has some other uh, weird relationships. I've heard that I, I mean, I so I watched the movies. I've okay. not read the books. Have you read and the books? I read the first book, and I felt like. That was enough for me. But here's, so here's the thing. I used to really be anti-Twilight. And I think part of it was jealousy of like trying to get a book published and being told like, this isn't what we want. We want something like Twilight. Yours isn't good enough. Can we have some Bible vampires? Yeah. Yeah. And that, so I just thought like, oh, it's anti-feminist and it's pro-religion. It's pro-abstinence. I can't even say abstinence, right? So clearly I'm not in favor of it. And, you know, like really just like sex negative and, you know, pro-abusive relationships and, I remember one time I told someone about the plot of Twilight. They're like, that reminds me of a book I read called The Gift of Fear, which is all like about oh, teaching yeah. women to get out of abusive I've read that one. I have. That's a great comparison, actually. And so I was very anti-Twilight. But then I started, instead of 
thinking, I don't like this and I've decided what it's about. I started actually listening to people who liked it and it turned out what they were getting from it was not what I thought it was. Okay. And it was such a valuable lesson to me. When I was growing up, I read some horrible books with horrible messages. Like I read all the V.C. Andrews books like Flowers in the Attic, which are... I mean, if I if I read that now as an adult, I'd be like, no child should read this. It teaches dangerous messages about incest and religion and femininity. And guys, I turned out, I would say, relatively unscathed and normal. (laughs) And almost every woman my age, we read books like that. We read Sweet Valley High with these perfect blonde twins who, you know, there's a lot of real weird shit in that. Yeah, and like, anytime their brother was described, it was in a really sexual manner, which (laughs) (laughs) it's real, like, go back and read those books if you think I'm lying. Like, it's real gross. Um, And I turned out fine. And I started realizing, like, a lot of girls love these books because this is what falling in love for the first time feels like. This is what it feels to have this, like, this crush that consumes you. And and when I was making fun of the book for not having much of a plot, they were loving that it was a whole book about getting to know a boy you think is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, oh, it's so valuable. Instead of going, I know what's wrong with this book and why you shouldn't read it, to actually listen to a person. Right. <laughs> they, weren't get, they weren't like, oh yeah, it's really romantic that he like stalks her. They were like, isn't it great that you can like get to know a boy who like you would think is out of your league and it turns out he could like be interested in you. Okay, so they f- they found the empowering message uh, buried within what we as adults could probably f- see as problematic. But even other adults I talked to who oh, yeah. who liked it, yeah. and it kind of it really shifted how I thought. And it's that whole like you know like when sorry no offense to the man in the room, but when like men make like when like male politicians make laws like to protect females, mm-hmm. when really it's about controlling them, I, I sort of was like, oh my God, that's like, I feel like maybe I did a little of that. Like, oh, we need to protect girls from these messages. Girls were fine. Yeah. Okay. And girls like a good trashy read too. I mean, yeah. the thing. sometimes like Sweet Valley High, maybe not the highest moral uh, platform, but like really fun. And sometimes you want fun and and kind of sassy and maybe sexy or maybe someone gets in trouble and it's something you'd never do in your life but it's really fun to read and again you turn out fine I turn out fine neither one of us are locking ourselves in a closet with our brother you know, or attic you know we're fine um, but yeah uh, I, I think there is something to like yeah it's it's maybe a contemporary like you get to disappear a little bit into a fun thing that's naughty in whatever way right. maybe really risky or dangerous or violent or that's sexy. a cool that's a really cool way to look at it because i was sort of thinking of it as it's cool that young adult novels present all these challenging topics but then in my mind it's different to present them and then also have an agenda where the author is saying and because of these things you should think or do x so even if Sarah Meyer said, yep, I was exactly trying to teach abstinence, you guys would be like, that's fine. Girls can hear that and make their own damn decision. I, put it this way. I might not buy that book, <laughs> but I can't tell someone what to put in their book or not to put in their book, nor can I say read or not. And for some of those girls, that is the message that they want to hear and yeah. have it reinforced because that's their upbringing and that's what they're going through. So um, it's not for me to say don't read it. I This is the quote I heard the most from adult friends and like my niece and younger friends. Oh, it's not well written, but it's really fun. Like every <laughs> one of them told me it's really fun. And, and people who I know who have book clubs who are serious readers who like are always bragging about whatever highbrow book they read. Then they also read Twilight and or Fifty Shades of Grey. And they're like, oh, it's cheesy. It's horrible. And I loved it. 
Yeah. So like we're allowed to have our junk food. We're allowed to have Doritos. And I feel and like with other with other is. media, we're we don't think twice about that. Like oh, yeah. movies, movies, TV saw... shows, like pop songs. Like yeah. I don't think anything about like, well, is this like the best version of this in a genre? No, but yeah. do I like it? Is it fun escapism? Yes. Yeah. And yet with books, I think we place this. It's literary. It's literary. So yeah, how dare so you read nice. this thing that's that's not? And I love reading. Sometimes you just want a good trashy read or yeah. just like something really fluffy that you can just like you put down and you're like, great. I never have to think about that again. Mm-hmm. Does, I've done that. Does bad prose affect you to, to the point that it just makes it actually hard to read, like actually hard to figure out what is going on, who is saying what to who? Or do you guys feel like you, you can understand things quickly and you can just breeze through it even if it's. Because the mm. few things that I've looked at in Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, it's not like, this is bad in our, on an artistic level. It's like, these are barely sentences. <laughs> um, I, I'm a very slow reader. And if I'm having trouble reading what is happening in the book, and I'm not really enjoying it, and I'm being judgy, I'll put it down most likely. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't put it down like, I'm going to cuss it out. I mean, I like, <laughs> finish it. Like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> Knock this book down a few pegs. <laughs> I'm going to teach this book something. Uh, no, if it's worth it, like, if it's, if it's like, um, this is not YA at all, but a long time ago, I was trying to read a Thomas Pynchon book. Every time I felt like I got through a page, I felt like I accomplished something. I was like, this is my marathon. No one has to know about it but me. And I knew tons of very smart friends who were like, oh, I breezed through it in a week. And I was like, it's 967 pages. It took me a year. Yeah. Um, but I I enjoyed it. But if it's quickly written, shabbily written, like, I don't enjoy that. I do get a little nerdy of the, like, that was fast for you. Or, or let me know it's very intentional. And let yeah. me know, like, that's part of a character's journey or something like that. I'm just going to say that straight out about any novel I'm going to write ahead of time. It's part <laughs> of the character's it's journey the that my prose, that the omniscient no narrator is shit. <laughs> my publisher sends over a style sheet when copy edits are happening. And some of it's really fun, like... My most recent book before the new guy, Kissing Ted Callahan, has a lot of bands, real and fictional. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things in the style sheet was just like they listed all the bands mentioned. So it was just like fun to like go through and see it. Oh, yeah. And one of the other things they do is that if you have a specific sort of grammar thing you do that's maybe not correct English, but is clearly a choice, they will list that out so that anyone who works on it knows not to not to correct it. But the way they phrased it was like, you know, this intentional error is acceptable for this book. And then in parentheses, <laughs> they wrote, like, it happens frequently. <laughs> so and it was like, the they lightest know bit I'm of doing judgment. it on purpose, yeah. Yeah. but I was like, oh yeah, they're definitely like, we see what you're doing, Amy Spalding. I do not write beautiful prose. I write, like, really short, sort of, like, snappy dialogue. And, you know, I like the Funny. realism of that, like, yeah. trying to write comedy and... Honestly, I'm someone when I hear a book has like beautiful prose, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> I I mean, that's a judgment on my, myself, by the way, not like a judgment on beautiful prose. Like, yeah. great if you write that and great if you love reading that. I, I admire what goes into that, but I can get lost in a book. And I don't mean in a in a delightful way. And like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> describing like the, same way. the beautiful trees. And yeah. I don't know what's happening. Four commas in a sentence and I'm out. Yeah, right? it's 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 a lot. So that honestly, I, I feel sometimes I feel guilty because these books that are winning awards that I know are important like I'm like dragging myself through and giving up on and a book that's maybe not as well written is like oh I want to read this and I'm finding beauty in that yeah I picked up a book um around December 
that came out last year. I'm not going to say the title of the book, but it is about New York in the 1970s. Okay. It is a very large book. It's over 900 pages. It's adult. It's not young adult. I can't get through it. And it is metaphor after metaphor after metaphor. The metaphors are so heavy. I got lost in it. I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I know they're in New York City in the 1970s. I don't know what this description is. So you knew what, what it was like, but you didn't know what it was. No. And um, I still don't. And it's by my bedside. And I look at it every night. And I feel like it's the thing that like I have to get over. Okay. And I can't. It's so your I'm mountain reading, you have to climb. No. So I'm like, I'll just read Just Kids by Patti Smith. That's about New York in the <laughs> 70s, and I can do that. But this other book, I, I am really struggling, and it, it got so many great critical praise and really great reviews. I don't think it won any awards yet because I don't know if it was eligible yet, but um, I'm sure it will. And it's just one of those things where it makes me feel dumb and then frustrated and then also angry at the writer. For yeah. Not, like, I feel like you love words so much you forgot to love the reader. Yeah. And that's I, really yeah. frustrating. I've just accepted that I have prose styles that I like and that I don't like. And when I think of flowing prose, what it has come to mean to me is like, literally, it feels like there is no work in my brain. Like, right. Not that yeah, it's, that you don't not that it's complex and artistic. I, I haven't read for a while because I get uh, too uh, into it and just don't go to sleep. Or if it's a boring book, I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've been doing all these Star Wars podcasts, so I've been reading all of these different Star Wars books with vastly different prose quality. And the best one by far is the young adult Star Wars novel that came out and everybody was like, a young adult Star Wars novel. And then everybody was like, holy shit, this book is amazing. Right. It's called Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. And it is flowing, beautiful prose. She's a young adult author. Though, yeah. So she's already she's, an established she, yeah. young adult author. And the story is great. It's great from any sort of Star Wars nerd perspective because it's just really good Star Wars story and great perspective. Great from a traditionally young adult perspective. But it just made me... Uh, Reappreciate what I like in prose. Which is a great feeling. And I think that's yeah. one really important thing, too, is that, you know, clearly none of us are like the hugest Twilight fans here, but that clearly is for an audience and that audience has found it. And that's awesome. And I yeah. think it's such a great feeling as a reader to realize, like, oh, I don't have to like everything. No. These are things I do like. It's great to get to seek them out. Yeah. And that somebody's making them for me. Yeah. Or it comes to the point where, like, you're not finding what you want to read until you start writing it yourself, which is always. You know, it happened. I haven't read that yet. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. heartily recommend it. It's really great. Um, okay, so the other thing I was going to ask you guys, would you be willing to improvise a little bit of a young adult novel with me right now? Are oh, you up for that? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so what I basically want to do is play this improv game that's story where basically I point at one of you and you start telling the story and then when I point at the other one, you take over from exactly oh where God, it I'm left so off. Yeah, this is yeah. great. Okay, do you guys want to just start cold or do you want to start up with a basic theme of the young adult novel, or do you just want to start cold? Maybe just a suggestion. Yeah, like, a suggestion. not a theme. Give us a city. Yeah. Give us a city? <laughs> Detroit. Detroit. This Detroit. is happening uh, in Detroit. Oh, my God. I would love it if it was in Detroit. Uh, so this that. is, yeah, it's happening in Detroit, okay. and I personally would like werewolves to be involved. Okay. Okay. Okay, this is a young adult. This is a deep, meaningful young adult novel about deep and meaningful okay young werewolves in detroit but it's contemporary right it's contemporary okay yeah okay. of course yeah right. <laughs> let's not be stupid yeah <laughs> all right are you guys ready yeah all right we'll start with amy i pointed you uh, julie was walking uh through the parking lot from the mall to her uh hand-me-down toyota camry when she saw a hairy shadowy figure move around her she looked up she saw the moon was full she wondered if these things had any connection Hey, I'm Eric, he said. He was kind of tall, taller than Julie had expected him to be when he was up close. 
and his hands, well, they were kind of hairy, but she didn't really mind. Oh, hi, I'm I'm Julie. I just got off of my shift at Things Remembered, and <laughs> you look, I mean, you look familiar. Do, do I know you from somewhere? Probably. I hang out at the mall a lot. I mean, when I can. I have a lot of things going on these days. But uh, yeah, I've seen you around too, I think. I just, I was just getting off shift myself and thought I was going to go for a walk. She couldn't stop peering into his eyes. They were so dark brown. They're just like the eyes of her Shiba Inu dog. <laughs> I was just wondering, I noticed something about you, Julie, he said. I was just thinking, like, you have beautiful red hair and green eyes. And I've never seen anyone quite like you before, except for in the mall. Things remembered. I was just wondering, where are you from? You don't seem like you're around here. You're from here, like Detroit. Yeah, I'm not a Detroit girl. I'm I'm different from a lot of other girls at school. I'm sure you've noticed. I am from Sacramento, California. And, you know, it's been a big adjustment living in Detroit. Like, having to buy a winter coat was, was really trippy. I don't really get that cold. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess you could tell I have long hair. It kind of keeps me warm. <laughs> But I've grown up here all my life, so I didn't really know that it didn't get cold everywhere. Sacramento sounds pretty cool, though. A lot of skateboarders out there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of cool skateboarders. Like, this other guy I know, I, I'll just say he was a skateboarder, but, you know, I haven't I haven't heard from him in a while. But I guess that's not really related to this conversation. I'm fine. Uh, I just wish my parents hadn't decided to move across the... It's. I'm sorry, I'm being very emotional. I just... It was a long shift at Things Remembered, and I misspelled a door knocker engraving. And suddenly Eric turns into a werewolf, <laughs> and the romance begins. Do you read young adult novels? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you like fantasy YA novels? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like sci-fi and fantasy uh, novels. Yes, I enjoy reading those books. <laughs> so if somebody was going to write a book about you in your high school, what would it be called? A Boring Life of a High School Student. Well, it didn't get exciting until I went to university. What happened at university? Well, I can't tell you that with my wife here. Um, wow. The life and times of uh, me, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so who would the other characters be? You. Me? Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't go to your high school, I don't think. <laughs> would you have an, a nemesis? No, nah, there probably would be nothing but love and happiness. Um, if somebody was going to write a novel about you, what would it be called? Well, I was a quirky kid. Actually, I used to talk to spirits as a kid. <laughs> it's weird. I walked in in a hotel and the chandelier, the light, <laughs> and the... The bellboy looked at me like, oh, <laughs> you have psychic abilities. <laughs> so it would be something weird like that. If you had a nemesis in your YA novel, who would that be? Mm, it would definitely be something very, very, very dark. Probably be uh, death. Like the actual character death? Yeah. Would you rather read about vampires or werewolves? Oh, wow. Mm, something else entirely. Like what? what? What would you want to read about in this in a fantasy book? I think they'd have to be just a person, a human being. Yeah. Vampires are, I think, a little too sensationalized. Wizards, you can just be transported to a different time and think about it in a very fantasy world. What would your name be if you were a wizard? Um, Griselda. What would your name be if you were a wizard? Nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> really? I'm surprised. 
I guess it would have to be Harry. That's the only thing I'd think of. Harry Wizard? Harry Wizard. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. You guys ready? Yeah. Yes. Start with you, Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think about young adult novels every day? Yes. Do you think about reading them, writing them both? Reading, writing, and rewriting right now. Right, because you're in in the rewrites process of your novel? Excellent. Amy, do you think about young adult novels every day? Yes. And I think, yeah, reading and writing them and waiting on notes from your editor when you know they're about to come. Okay. Mm -hmm. How much of your day is spent... Now, I know you have a day job. I do. So how much of your day is spent with your writing in the back of your mind? One really cool sort of magical thing about being a writer is that... Even when you think you're like when I'm at work and we're busy, like I'm concentrating on work and I'm getting my job done. And then I sit down to write and it's like my subconscious took care of like all the questions I had and I know what oh, I'm nice. going to do. And it's like, what? It's magic. <laughs> it's the yeah, cool. I mean, it's the it coolest is. feeling like your subconscious is doing so much for you when you when you don't even think you're thinking about it. So, yeah, that's when I'm like, oh, am I thinking about this all the time? Yeah, that's great. Uh, Kayla, would you get a young adult novel based tattoo? be i'm not trying to be vague i don't know it'd have to be i have one and amy here has many more than i do but i have one in my whole theory for me personally is if i get more than one i'm not gonna stop right so since i already have one i feel like oh the next tattoo has to be it's not that i wouldn't want to get a young adult tattoo but i might want to get something that was personal in a different way okay and then i'd be like okay now i'm on the train like my whole <laughs> body's going to be art in about a year or so if you had to get a young adult novel tattoo what would you get would you get something that represented the whole uh, um, idea or a specific book image i think i'd get a tiny little whale because i loved blubber and <laughs> like for jill brenner that character i think i would get a tiny little whale with like a smiley face oh my God, nice. i really want you to get that yeah i kind of want that but also then like it's placement it's where it's if you get it on your bicep people will think like blubber. are you a sailor and like no i like young adult novels I like tough man i love mom i love whales um <laughs> Yeah, I, I've always I always thought that was like a great symbol for like getting through stuff. Yeah, Amy, same question for you. I do. Well, I sort of I have um I have a half sleeve on my left arm, which is from the books that started out as middle grade books. Uh, it's a series called Betsy Tacy, mm-hmm. and but it's where as an adult I found out there were Betsy Tacy books about them growing up. So I ended up rereading the ones I read about them as children. And then there's the one about them in high school and then a book about them like right after high school. And they're set uh, in the early 1900s. So like the ones about them after high school are definitely about like people getting married and having babies. And kind of I think what a lot of people get out of Little House on the Prairie. This is what Mm -hmm. I get out of uh, the Betsy Tacy series. And it's also like really based around female friendship. And I I adore these books growing up and I love them still as an adult and they have these beautiful illustrations in them. And so I thought like I'd always wanted to get a half sleeve and I thought this is the safest thing to get because if I loved it when I was eight and I love it in my 30s, like I will always You're feeling pretty safe. So so yeah, so I do have I do have that already. Um, Is it Betsy Tacy herself? Well, Betsy and Tacy are two characters and then there's Tib, uh, their third friend. Um, and then also Betsy's mom is, is in the tattoo also. Okay, so Tib's all up in the tattoo too? Yeah, Tib's in the tattoo. Nice. Don't worry. <laughs> you don't seem happy with Tib. No, I just always feel bad for her because like this, like she's just as important and yet the series is called Betsy Tacy. Like, Betsy Tacy and some other asshole. Yeah, I'm like imagine being Tib and being like, what about me? <laughs> 
Oh, so and you're, they're you're based on her. like they're based on the authors, like her and her real friends. So I just always I'm like, man, whoever Tib was, she just got the shaft. But I like Tib. But she, yeah, she's on your body, so yeah, of course. Tib fanfic. Kayla, would you start a conversation with a random stranger about young adult novels? Uh, yeah. You're a pretty friendly person. You're not afraid of talking to people out in public, right? Generally, I mean, certainly there were so many times on the subway in New York where if you saw somebody reading a book that you had just read or what, yeah. you start talking to them in a second, and especially if you have something to talk about. Yeah. I don't think I'd just, like, creep up on someone and be like, what <laughs> you reading these days, girl? Um, but, like, if, I, if it was a friendly-looking stranger and yeah. I didn't think it was... You know, if they already had books in their hand or something like that. Okay, sure. cool. And I used to work in bookstores, so I find it fun to go talk to people who have books. Awesome. How about you, Amy? Would you talk to a random stranger? Yeah. I mean, again, not in just like a creeping up on, like, hey, <laughs> you want to talk about young adult literature? <laughs> but yeah. And If they give you any opening, you would take it. Yeah, unfortunately. I like, I would run, I would be like, oh, young, you say? You mean young adult? You mean young adult fiction? Hey, you have a book coming out, four or five, the new guy in other senior year distractions? Uh, Yeah, I worry I would do it too much. Cool. Kayla, would you swear to none if she said young adult novels were evil? Like if a nun got up in your business and said young adult novels are evil, they're bad, would you swear at that nun? Oh, yeah, I have no problems with taking on a nun. Like, I don't care. Like, okay, that's her issue that she has to deal yeah. with. Um, I'm sure some are evil to nuns. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I don't like confrontation, but I, yeah. I'd be like, okay. But you would yeah. you would step up to the nun if you had Yeah, to. well, I'd be like, what's the sin? But you can't, this is a very different conversation. You can't battle with someone with a religious point of view that is different than your own because you will never find the same truth. Right. So, right, so she's going to think the books that I like are probably evil. Yeah. I'm probably going to think... Her book is evil. Uh-oh. Let's not go there. Okay. Would you um, would you say that the Bible is young adult? I would say it's the best fiction ever written. Um, and I think it crosses genres. <laughs> Fair I enough. I think there's sci-fi in there, too. Uh, would you swear it, a nun? I think we discussed this last time, but yeah. my aunt's a nun. So, like, she's, like, very honest in a way that's, like, I've seen it referred to as, like, liar, liar honesty, which is that it's not really honesty. It's just saying thoughts that come into your head that are not filtered. Right. That maybe a person doesn't need to hear. She and that's took, your aunt, who's a nun. It's my, yeah. And she took me aside once and said, like, I mean, I read that first book you wrote, and I didn't have any idea what was going on in any of it. And I didn't, wasn't getting anything out of it. But I read it all. But when the second one came out, I read, like, a page. It was like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. What? Wow. And I was like, Thanks. And then at my... I don't think you told me this story last time because I've been asking this question for a long time and I've never got an actual scenario. Right, it didn't Right, of course, so it didn't come up. But an actual scenario where you had cause to swear at a nun. I did. I didn't. I was like... That's your aunt. That's a different story. And then... Let me have this. It's so exciting. Sorry, Joseph. I have a few (laughs) weird things about her in young adult novels, actually. This is what a great platform to talk about this. Uh, When I first got signed with my agent... And, you know, people were like, oh, it's really exciting. You know, Amy has an agent. She's writing yeah. adult books. But it's that weird It's that weird time, and I'm sure, Kayla, you can relate to this. When you sign with an agent, and yet, like, you don't have a book deal yet, and you don't mm-hmm. have, like, a book out there. And so people – and we really know how the industry works because we've had to research a lot and learn a lot going through it. We cannot – I don't expect anyone else to know it. So a lot of people were like, oh, like, you just signed with an agent. What's happening? And so she had just found this out. And she was very excited and wanted to talk about it. She's like, well, you signed with an agent, so you're going to have a book published. And I'm like, well, hopefully. And she's like, 
well, where are the illustrations? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I thought you'd bring the illustrations with you. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, well, a book has to have illustrations if it's for young people. And I was like, well, no, oh. it's it's for teenagers. It's not like, and she's just like, I just can't believe you don't have the illustrations with you. I was like, wow. well, there aren't illustrations. So, so she thought you wrote a picture book. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or just even maybe like a chapter book that has like, you know, like a drawing at the front of every chapter. And then you carry them with you in a large you portfolio. That's what would be so weird. Even if I did do that, why would I have them with me? And then one last story about my aunt was that at my dad's wake, she calls me over. And if you want to have a crowd at a wake be a nun because the nuns all show up and are really cool and supportive so like she i mean she had the most people come of all the immediate family yeah so all these nuns are there hanging out and they all seem kind of cool i mean that is the thing nuns are kind of cool because they're like a they're, lot of them are like very feminist yeah. and very like lady power oh, it's got to be a very interesting life no matter what yeah yeah so i mean i i like nuns and my aunt says come over here come over here i've been talking about you which i was like oh shit because knowing her it, right. I could just, like, anything. be about to be insulted. <laughs> and so she's like, come over here, come over here. And then she says, ladies, like, this is my niece Amy I've told you about. You know, she's very, she's a very special young lady. And, like, it's just saying, like, the nicest thing, nicest things in the world to me. And I'm kind of, like, feeling guilty. And then she's like, okay, well, now that I've got them all gathered, like, please tell them about your, your new book about to come out. First of all, I feel re- really weird pitching my book at my father's wake which feels like the wrong venue but I was like okay uh, it's called Kissing Ted Callahan and Other Guys it's just about a girl who is in a band and kisses a bunch of boys (laughs) and one woman goes is it fiction? (laughs) and I was like yes it is okay nice to meet you everyone I was like I don't want to talk to these nuns about a kissing at my father's wake alright so maybe we'll have you on to do another whole obsessed about nuns but (laughs) Now, did you swear in your mind the times that your aunt nun said some mean things? Did you swear oh, her in your sure, mind? For okay. sure, Yeah. Okay. But I also sort of, ex- it's almost like when she says something nice, you're almost like, oh. Like you want the story of the weird thing she's going to say. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Give Sorry, me material. cut this because I'm going to go off on a tangent again. But one time my parents had her over for lunch and they made hamburgers and it was my recipe. And I'm just going to say, I know they were good hamburgers. My parents were both like, these are the best hamburgers we ever ate. She literally got home, emailed them, and said, thanks for lunch. The hamburgers were okay. I still prefer the way I make mine. <laughs> I might Why swear would she you're send right. an email like I that? Know, I started. I kind of want to like take that quality now. I kind of want to just start like reviewing my friend's dinner that they <laughs> treat me to. It was fine. I you have to be a nun to do something. it. Oh, never mind. You have to be protected Girl, by the up, nunship. My, my parents said, well, she's like that because she's not married. Because if you're married, your spouse says, don't do that. And my dad pulled that line on me a few years ago, and I said, whoa, whoa, wait. I am a very single lady. I live alone. No one is policing my language. I would never say these things. Maybe no. she's just weird. No. She might just be. And like you said, no edit button. Yeah. yeah. I, can I ask a follow-up nun question? Yeah, and then we're going to get back to the house. Okay. I, just, I just want to ask you, have you ever seen nonsense with her or anything? Or have you no, I've never seen, seen any like nun-related entertainment with her. Okay, I was just curious. Because you like musicals. <laughs> I do like musicals. Okay. Okay, so let's see if this next question okay. opens up a time. Pandora's box <laughs> of nun stories. No, it's they are they are great. They are amazing. I am very very thankful for them, and I am swearing at your aunt in my mind right now. <laughs> if the only way you guys could read a young adult novel is stealing it, would you steal the novel? Yes. When I was younger, <laughs> this is a part my mom shouldn't hear. Uh, when I was younger, I I had a little bit of a shoplifting problem. Really? When I was much younger, much younger, like. 
Like two years ago? Like at least two years ago. No, um, up until I was 22. Okay. And, and uh, so I stole books all the time. I stole poetry all the time. Like, That's kind of beautiful that you stole poetry. Yeah, I mean, not the smartest kid because I, I could have probably bought the books and helped the author. At the time, I was like, I can read all the Octavio Paz I want. And my best friend um, who had a girlfriend and we were in college together in East Texas his girlfriend, um, he always wanted to impress, and I would steal poetry books for him to give to her as well. Wow. And um, we still talk about it today. In fact, we were talking about it last week. He's like, I, I wish you could still lift some books for me. I was like, now I can just buy them for you. I, I have a great hookup. It's called a credit card. <laughs> I can do that. Um, but I used to steal books all the time, and I, I did steal young adult books. Um, and I, st- I stole mostly poetry, though. But um, So if there was like a series you were reading and book four came out and the only way it was available to you is theft, you well, would do it. Are you saying like breaking into the publishing house or just a bookstore? Sure. I mean, we can make up whatever sort of role-playing like, scenario we, we want. Really I want to get to the like, spirit production. of the thing. Yes, I would do that. Okay. I would do that because I, I'm good enough to not get cut. And I, <laughs> I would. Like, I feel bad for the author because they worked hard on that book. And yeah. But not bad that. enough to stop. No, and is I, what I want to figure out. might even replace it. And oh, I you would leave, leave yours. Back. Yeah. Okay. No, You'd just, swap them. Like read it. Make sure I don't bend the spine. Okay. No pencil marks. Go back. Place it. Nobody knows what happened. <laughs> I think I just broke my friendship with Amy. I've never stolen any of your books. Don't worry. Amy, would you steal a young adult novel if it was the only way you could get access to it? No, I'm like such a square. I just wouldn't. okay. And I would have at one point. Like I definitely used to steal music all the time, and then. I started realizing, like, artists were posting online, like, every time you do this, I lose this much money. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Wait, so you were stealing online or stealing physical? Like, stealing stuff? online. Okay. Just like, you know, like. Like you were alive like, in the 2000s. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, Got a lot of us <laughs> did it. And when I started seeing, like, artists playing to, like, stop doing it, I think in my head it was like, well, they have yeah. so much money, it doesn't affect anything. And then it's at a certain clear. point, I'm like, that's not true. And. You know, I've had friends like brag to me like, oh, here's this website I went to and you can like download all these books for free. And I was like, do you know what I do for a living? Like, mm-hmm. don't yeah. do not do that. But also if you do, don't brag to an author about it. Right. And don't talk about it on a podcast. Exactly. Also, guys, <laughs> there's libraries. Yeah, Just go true. to the library. Yeah. I guess Unless you're in the steal. town I grew up yeah. in, in Missouri, where the library is. But the point of the, this is not a morality test. The point of this test is to try to get a sense of how into these things you are. And that's why I asked, like, the if if you it's in that sort of desperate space where, like, I need this. Like, I don't believe out, in stealing. I don't steal. But if, like, it was the only way I could see the new Star Wars movie, yeah, I would steal it because I need it that bad. Yeah. Before it came out and before I read it, when I was really into the Hunger Games series, and before Mockingjay came out, the night before, like, I was ready to go to the bookstore, I... I was like salivating for that book. Yeah. And then I got it and I had a different reaction, but I was very... <laughs> that was, was a tough so day for a lot was, of us. I know. That hurt. All right. Yeah. So here's here's my final how obsessed are you question. It's similar to a question I've asked you guys both before, but it's a little bit different. If somewhere in the world, a stranger had to be punched in the crotch before you could write a new young adult novel, would you still write new young adult novels? Yeah. I mean, people are going to be punched anyway. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm very pragmatic about this. I don't want anyone to be hurt right? so that I can do my job, but I probably hurt people by doing my job. Do you think you hurt people in real life by doing your job? Oh, I, because I could be using myself in a different way. Like, I could probably be a nurse or a metal worker, and then when <laughs> horrible things happen... No, I'm going to give you guys a real-life okay. example. 9-11 happened. I was there. Right. My friends and I went to go volunteer down at the Red Cross setup. I did 
And here we are, like a bunch of Juilliard people going, we could play the violin for you, or possibly my friend could do a dance recital to cheer the firefighter spirits. And they said, unless you have medical or metalworking experience, get the fuck out. Right? Fair and enough. all of us were like, we are useless human beings because we don't know how to build things or save people. And so sometimes I think when I'm writing, and I know, this is a very long, different tangent. And I know how fine. selfish writing is. I fully own it. I'm a selfish person. I like to write. Um, so I think, yes, someone is being hurt because I'm doing my job, but I also accept that. Yeah. And, I, and someone, I'm probably being hurt by someone else doing a different job. I, I think it's a great story and that really informs where you're coming from to me. I don't think writing is inherently selfish because your your novel, I, you know, I've heard some about it. I, I think it's going to make people's lives better. People well, who read it and get stuff and from it. I think it. it's escapism and I think I want people to like it and I want people to find themselves, like I find myself when I'm reading something that I love. I want them to be super excited and engaged and want to hear more and feel like when the story's over, they miss their friends. Like that's what I really want. I... I read a book a while back, and I remember when it was over, um, I was so bummed out because I couldn't live with those characters anymore. And right. I dreamt about them because I was like, I don't want them to go away. And now I need to know what happens. And there's no sequel to that book. And right. I'm so pissed. And that's worth some so, random stranger being punched in the crotch, I think. Yeah, me too. I agree. How about you, Amy? <laughs> if every time you write a new book, someone somewhere gets punched in the crotch, you okay with that? Yeah, I just think I'm okay with it. I also, like, <laughs> I tried to quit writing before, like, when I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere and where I just... I think you go through moments where you do feel selfish and you think like, why am I like, there's so many more things I could do with my time. If people, you know, if nobody wants to publish this, like, is this the right use of, you know, my free time? And yet I would try to like quit writing for a week and I'd be like, oh, I missed that story. I want to go back to it. So I feel like even if I tried to quit writing to someone not to save some random crotch. Yeah. I just think I would anyway, so I might as well just lean into <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I kind of wish now this, that this was true, because then if suddenly I was randomly punching the crotch, it would have this like nice underside of like, oh, one of my friends is writing a book. <laughs> well, I think you should just think that anytime. Does it happen a lot to you? Did I get punched in the crotch? Yeah, no. randomly. Uh, randomly, I have accidentally punched myself in the crotch. We need an obsessed podcast on that, because I want to know all the details. <laughs> it it happens. What was the experience afterwards? It's usually trying to open packaging, and oh, I get frustrated, okay, and, and then yeah. I slip, and then bam. And it would be great if every time I did that, <sighs> you know, it's like the angels get their wings when the bells ring when I punch myself in the crotch. <laughs> a wonderfully talented woman it writes a book. caused us to write a new book. Like, <laughs> oh, right? So I'd be like, oh, I feel the muse coming over me. Oh, Joseph must have gotten punched <laughs> into the crotch. Yeah, that'd be great. Hilarious. I just pounding away. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I've been asking people to make a noise to sum up their obsessions. Can you guys each make a noise to sum up your obsession with young adult novels? I like want to make. I don't know if I can make the sound I want to make, but it's like the like when you like turn pages and it's like. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, Like I love that. When you're just kind of getting a sense of what the book looks like and smells like, and yeah, when you write a book and then they send you the first copy and it's like a physical object, it's so cool because it's from your brain and now it's. Like now it exists. It. Yeah, that's really cool. How about you, Kayla? What's your noise? You know, like how exclamation points look? <laughs> you know, I feel like it's like boing, 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 like that. But that's kind of everything in my life. But I feel like it's that. Like It's I, like, like that moment of idea or excitement? Or... Um, it's not like the light bulb going off. It's like we're bouncing. Like boing, okay. boing, boing. I don't know if I can do it with my mouth, but I can do it with my hand. I don't know if that works. Uh, that sounds so bad in so many ways. But... <laughs> Exclamation point bounce. Boing. Um, so your sound is me being punched in the crotch. Yes. Over and over again. Is that cool? That's no, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's a sound of excitement. Boing. Yes. Boing. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, new to the podcast since you guys last did it, I've been rating people's obsessions. I've been giving them seven somethings. I'm going to say uh, 
seven Detroit werewolves. That's the quantifying. Oh, That's good. the amount. Okay. You can get okay. up to seven Detroit werewolves. All right. And I think you both are at six out of seven Detroit werewolves. Yeah, that seems I'll right. Go with that. Because you're invested in it on a day-to-day basis because it's part of what you do. And I sense even if it was not, you would still read about it and you would still approach life from that perspective that young adult does really well of growing and learning and playing with ideas. I agree. I agree I, with that. I, I give you six out of seven werewolves for that. <laughs> Yay. Detroit werewolves. I'm so excited. Uh, can you guys plug yourself again? Kayla, where can people find you on the internet? And is there anything that you want to plug? Um, the best place to find me is on Twitter at Kayla Kagan. And Kayla is with a K. And Kagan is with a C. And depending on when this airs, if you're in Los Angeles, um, I am doing the social media for the LA Times Festival of Books, which is April 9th and 10th. And I'd love to plug it because I actually 100% believe in the festival. It's yeah. so much fun. I used to go there as a uh, attendee, and now I work for it, and I absolutely love it. And if you're a book lover and a YA book lover, and we have a whole YA stage for two days with great authors like Amy Spaulding, who will be on there, um, you will really, really get to feel like you have a feast. Like, it, it is such awesome. a great experience. So I highly would like to, like, plug that. Awesome. I couldn't say that, but yes, I wanted to. <laughs> Amy? Yeah, definitely come out to the Festival of Books. Uh, I'm going to be doing two different panels on the YA stage on Sunday. Is that the 9th? Yeah. yeah. Sunday, no, Sunday's the 10th. Sunday's the 10th. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever that Sunday is, I've got two <laughs> panels. Please show up, even though the first one is during the Carrie Brownstein panel. That's 11 a.m. Uh, mine's at 1030, so I'm not going to get to see Carrie. But if any of you get sold out of it or have no investment in her, well, you're foolish if you don't. <laughs> yeah, I was say, What's but wrong with you? If, you? if you get sold out of it, please come and see me instead, and I'll show you my Slater-Kinney tattoo, and you'll feel sort of like you were there. Uh, again, my new book, The Senior Guy, another – nope. The new guy, another senior year distraction, <laughs> comes out on 4 or 5. And if you're in Los Angeles, I have a launch party for it on 4.13 at 7.30 p.m. at Skylight Books, everyone's favorite Los Angeles bookstore. That's not true. There's a lot of great bookstores in Los Angeles. So that's one of the Skylight's best. Really cool. I, I adore Skylight. They're in my neighborhood, and they've really treated me so well, even when I was a first-time author. So uh, I would love to see you there. We're going to have mini donuts from Donut Friend. Yes. So, you know, show up, eat a donut, listen to me read from my book. It's going to awesome. be great. And where can people find you on social media? I have a dumb Twitter handle, which is the Ames, which is impossible to say aloud, and a lot of people don't know what it means when they see it because I'm great at branding. So it's T H E A M E S. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, this will be out on Thursday, April seventh. So oh, in right, well, my right books in between, already in stores. Get thee to a Barnes and books Noble in stores, and uh, you're about to do some talking about it at the book fest. So these are the closing questions. They don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can if you want. Amy, if you were a musical instrument, what musical Ooh. instrument would you be? I think I would be like a like a colorful toy piano. <laughs> oh, so cute. Now why? I played the piano growing up, but I sort of feel like pianos are really elegant and stately, and I don't think I'm elegant or stately, <laughs> but I think I could be like the brightly colored children's <laughs> version of something that's elegant and stately. Nice, nice. Uh, Kayla, if you could own a word, and by law, only you would be allowed to say that word, what would that word be? Choker. <laughs> <laughs> 
love that word. I'm tempted like a choker to necklace. just not follow up. You just you just like the word. Joseph looked like he got chills when Kayla said that. By the <laughs> way, it was great. I feel like a serial killer tonight. No, it's just it's a necklace. A choker. I, I know what a choker is. It was the way it was the way you leaned into it because you didn't just say a choker. You and said, you were so ready for it. It was choker. like even like oh I I hope he asked this because I've got it on hand. I've got choker locked and loaded. I try to use it whenever I can. It's a great word. Uh, you guys have both answered the final question on the podcast before. So do you want to try answering at the same time? And we'll just see what kind of magic happens as you speak over one another. Are you guys ready? Yes. The question is, what is happiness? Happiness is a warm puppy. Puppy book. <laughs> oh, we got so close. Happiness is a warm puppy book is a great answer. Thank you guys very, very much for doing this. Thank you so yeah. much for having Thanks, us. Joseph. Yes, and thank you for all the nun stories. They were awesome, and I'll have you back to talk more about Can't wait for our nuns. new podcast, Talking <laughs> About Nuns with Amy and Joseph. <laughs> thank you very much. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Eric stumbled away from the pack of carcasses. He raced towards Julie. There's one thing I wanted to tell you. I don't know if you care anymore. But... I am a werewolf. (laughs) A really young, attractive werewolf. And you did see me kill a lot of other werewolves. But I want you to understand, I'm not like those werewolves. I've got something special about me. I'm only half werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) My father was a werewolf. But my mother was an accountant. (laughs) The end. (laughs)